O Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Mm. That's Psalm 90. Welcome back to the Well at Heart podcast, friends, John Eldridge and Bart Hansen in the studio here for a couple of weeks of conversation, thinking about the stages of our life, thinking about how we number our days, how we assess the meaning of our life. Okay, so I I am addicted to a couple of shows. I'm not a big mm-hmm. TV watcher, but mm-hmm. I do I do love hunting shows and I love British soccer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm watching a hunting show. I'm watching Stephen Ranella's Meat Eater. They just released the second part of their new season, and there's a turkey hunt that he's in South Carolina on this turkey hunt with an older gentleman who is a wildlife biologist, and he is a remarkable man to watch in the woods. Mm-hmm. So here you've got Ranella. He's the star of the show. He's the hot shot. He's been all over the world. He knows all kinds of things. I, I didn't care about him. I was mesmerized by this older gentleman who knew the woods, who knew turkey calling, who just had a way about him. And I thought, you know what? If I, if I want time with one of these two guys, right. I'm picking... Yes. I'm picking the sage. I'm right. picking this older gentleman because he's got he's got years. And what's fascinating is he's you know, he's he's not the handsome fellow he once was. And he, you know, he's got right. a, a little bit of a hitch in his step and he's not moving as quick as he did when he was a young spry man. But there is something so alluring to me, at least in this stage of my life, about time with an older man or woman. It's like, I just want to listen to them. I just want to hear their stories. And now I have a question for you. Is that how you feel about the value of your life at this point? You you are 70 right. this year, and we had a big 70th birthday party for you last summer. And yes. And, and that was exciting and that was super meaningful. But just in your day-to-day, do you feel like, oh, people are just waiting to hang out with me? People are just waiting to hear the next thing I have to say. <laughs> no, John, I, I think the, uh, the key word in that question is, do you feel that? Because just taking your analogy of you're gravitating towards the guy that had been in the woods, that's, that was where God took that man in his life. And you saw that. Yes. And yes. I think I think we all have that in all of these years that we have, but we don't believe that we have it. We don't value it. No. I know that diminishment is a struggle for every human being. It is. And it's certainly been a battle that you've fought over the years. Even with all of your accomplishments, right. even with all the things that you've got, you know, plaques on the wall and, and the accomplishments. <laughs> but 
as a man enters or as a woman enters what we would call kind of the fourth quarter, the final stages of their life, their last 20 to 25 years, what do you find yourself struggling with at this point? Yeah, I think, John, it's doubting my maturity. It's doubting my giftedness. I mean, it, it comes back to the to the early days of masculinity of, and we're still trying to answer that question, do I have what it takes mm. at this point mm. in my life? Because I think there's an expectation that we are sages and moving towards being a sage. But in that category, I ask myself the question again, do I have what it mm. takes? And mm -hmm. some days I think I have something to offer. Other days I think I'm just kind of flat on my back, you know, scratching my head, trying to figure out what that means. I was talking to a worship leader recently who we might consider would be, quote, past their prime. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that if you want to be like the new and shiny thing, mm -hmm. you are 22. <laughs> and, a, and it's super talented musician, but you are young and you are beautiful right male or female you 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 are shiny right and and he is struggling with the fact that he's not anymore but that's i mean if we have to be honest that's a big part of what the church has held up as value oh, yeah. right we don't put a lot of old people up on stage leading worship we don't put a lot of old people we sometimes we give them the pulpit right but when a church is on a pastoral hunt right? To, to bring in, they want to grow the church. They're, they're looking, looking for, for presentation. <laughs> they're looking for something shiny and yes, new, yes, right? Yeah. And I think that adds to the diminishment. I think that, that that really harms a man or woman who has a lot of stories to tell, who has a lot of life lived. It harms their ability to be confident that they're needed right? and needed at the table. Yes. Yeah, I mean, just to that point, I uh, recall the other day I looked at a guy and I said, gosh, that guy really looks old. Well, the next morning I got up and I looked in the mirror and I says, oh my gosh, I look older than he does. And I didn't realize that. And at that moment, there was this diminishment that hit me that says, gosh, if you look like that, what, what do you have that people would want. Yes. Right. And it's so damnable. Yes. It's just so yeah. evil because the world values the shiny. Yeah. The thing with sparkle, right? The new thing, the exciting thing. And there is a certain longing in that for immortality. There is that. Like, I think when we're in the kingdom, we are forever young. Yes. Right. That there, right. that there's a trueness to that. So you know, people in their 30s, their early 40s, they've hit their stride. They've got a little bit of maturity going for them, but they still got their looks and their energy and their wits about them. And that's what we value. Right. And we hold it up as the, as the model. And so a, a woman or a man who is entering the fourth quarter of their life faces a unique set of challenges 
many challenges, right? Right, like income probably goes down. Yeah, gravity's taking a toll on their <laughs> physical life. <laughs> Gravity feels stronger than it's ever been. Yes. Right, your body's not functioning mm -hmm. the way it did. All of that adds to the diminishment that I I don't have a role. I don't have something to offer. Yeah, when I think about time, it's just alarming that I blink and I wake up and I'm 70 years old. And I like, wow, from now to the time that of that place in my career where you described where I had everything going for me and everything seemed to be going my way. Gosh, it seems like an instant. Right. I mean, if a thousand years is like a day, then 70 years is like three seconds. <laughs> right? Right, it, right. It goes by so quickly. So when you think about, we're using the phrase fourth quarter, where would you put that? What is that stage of life? Yeah, I think roughly uh, every 20 years is is a quarter of life. I think expectancy of in the United States today is about 81 and 82 years old. And so that begins at about 60. So uh, the fourth quarter does. Yeah. And um and so, you know, you, you think about, take your favorite sport, and the, the last time period is where it all happens. You know, it's, it's the most significant time. It's where, the, it's where the game is decided. But in reality, what it feels like is I'm just kind of throttling down to nothing. I mean, that's the warfare. Totally. I'm thinking of Norman McLean's phrase. He was the author. He wrote A River Runs Through It. Mm -hmm. The last thing he wrote in his life was a book called Young Men and Fire. It's about the Man Gulch Fire in, in Montana. But he starts off by saying that the search for identity stays with us all our lives, even into old mm -hmm. age. And when I first read that in my 40s, I thought, really? You don't get all that buttoned down and and get it secure. Right, right. Yeah, it's, you know, I came here when I was roughly uh, 50 years old. Is when you came to Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. Yeah. That's kind of midpoint of the third quarter. You're still good looking. <laughs> yeah, still. You got your stride. You, yeah. Right, right. I, You know, my face wasn't wrinkled and, and uh, I made a lot of miles between then and now, but you know, when, when we first came and we started this and there was just so much energy, so much momentum and felt part of that. But as things change, I still search for that identity. Yes. Yes. And if the world is pointing at the shiny right. and the new and diminishment is everyone's battle to some degree, yes. right? The accuser of the brethren accusing us day and night, then... The fact that the world dismisses maturity, our aging men and women in, in our communities, only adds to that battle. Yes. When the exact opposite is true in the kingdom of God, the older woman, the older man has stories to tell. They have wisdom gained through experience. They have life lived with God years and years with God, there's a reverse value system. And I'm just so aware in this moment 
that the world has really shaped our perspective, everyone listening to this podcast is in some way aware of, I'm not as young as I used to be. Now, if you're 25, you're thinking, hey, what happened to my college years? Like that right. was such a fun time. Now yes. I can't find work. I thought I was going to get straight into the job of my dreams and that's not working out. Like no matter what age you are, that battle ensues. But man, you get into your 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, and it can feel like a time of, well, you're put out to pasture, right? right. Or that's the fear. Right. Well, and you've... Like you said in your illustration, you've kind of lost the shine on your life because the world's looking for success. They're looking for the image. They're looking for all of that. And and where we are, where I am, is I feel like I've kind of graduated from the school of hard knocks. Yes. You know? The thing about that, John, is I can take some of my biggest disappointments and biggest embarrassments in life, my biggest failures. And when I offer those to people, that's the gold. That's what I've got to hang on to. It's so counterintuitive. Yes. Yeah. So what we wanted to do, friends, was was introduce some conversation around how do you look at the meaning of your life? Mm-hmm. How do you look at aging, no matter what age you are? <laughs> my said Sam comes in the other day. He's like, dad, I got gray hairs. And, <laughs> Sam already yeah, has gray I mean, hair. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's 33. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah. he's, he's a young whippersnapper. Right. Uh, but you are aware of it. Everyone's aware of the aging issues of their life, whether it's physical or mental or career or success or the shiny. And what we want to talk about is how a person makes a gracious transition into the fourth quarter, into aging, full of value, full of meaning, full of respect. And I think if we can name some of the yes. obstacles getting there, I think we can help ourselves reframe something that the world is just bringing such damage to every single day, which is the value of our lives, right. the perspective of our meaning, and, and the call of God on our lives. So as you look at the things that are in the way of a gracious transition into fourth quarter, what, what are the obstacles? What are, what are the ruts? What are the things that people hit that make it hard for that to be kind and, and actually filled with dignity? Probably the first thing that comes to mind is the agreement that I've made that we probably all make at some point or another that our best and most significant days are behind us and that we're just winding down in life. I had a, had a good friend that I met uh, years ago, early in my career, Jim Horsley was his name and, and he flew, you know, as, as I'm a pilot, uh, just looking at this guy, just would sit at his feet and want to hear his flying stories, flew 200 missions off the the carrier midway in the Vietnam War, he bombed downtown Hanoi, and and he uh, he became a, a pilot of the Blue Angels. I mean, his his resume in aviation was probably exceeded that of an astronaut. And um, I, I remember I used to ask him. I said, Jim, you know, tell me tell me some of your stories because he just had incredible stories. 
And he told me one day, he just says, I don't want to talk about that. He says, when your memories exceed your dreams, you're headed for the grave. And that really stuck to mm-hmm. me. And he went on to be the uh, development director for, for World Vision. He goes back to Hanoi, identifies himself as the guy that, that bombed them, and he became an artist, and he's prolific. And, and what he does today has nothing to do with his flying. And I want to live like that. That's that's the way I want to be. I, I don't want to look back on the successes that I've had and just keep hanging my coats on that hanger because it's it's run out of space. God's saying, you, you need a new hanger. I remember I went to a U2 concert several years ago, and I, just, I felt so bad for them because although they had a new album out and it was very talented, they're super talented guys, mm-hmm. you know that everybody's waiting for them to right. play, right. you know, where the streets have no yes, name yes. and I still haven't found what I'm looking right, for, right. And, you know, some of the, some of their top hits. Yeah. Right? Where you can mouth the words. <laughs> yeah. You know, wherever <laughs> Prince went, he had to play Purple Rain. Yes. <laughs> and. And that adds to that idea of it's in the rear view mirror. Yeah. Like your really good stuff, your strong stuff is, is in the past. And let's be honest, that may be true mm-hmm. in terms of success. Mm-hmm. That may be true financially, right? That that may be true in terms of what looks like impact. But again, that's the world's value system yes. creeping in there. I am 61 and the pull to keep living like I'm 50 on the laurels of that. Yeah. Yeah. To keep like performing yeah, like I'm 50 is right there. I mean, I just The gravity of that is, oh is very gosh. strong. Yeah. So the other night we were babysitting some of our grandchildren and I'm sitting with a toddler in my lap reading, you know, farm stories Mm -hmm. over and over and same book over and over and over (laughs) again. And in that moment of loving this little boy sitting on my lap, I suddenly had an awareness of what is it you're going to chase, John? You're going to continue to chase the shiny things the big splashes, the applause of the world? Are you gonna chase moments like this, loving people, cherishing the people that God has given to you, like being present to the current moment, however simple that moment may be? Like, whoa, I was really, I could feel myself between two worlds. Right. Check your phone. (laughs) Right. Make sure that your publisher is calling, you know, or sit here, with your grandson, read him stories. What matters more oh, yes. in yeah. this moment? Oh yeah, John, it just similar story of, uh, you know, just the energy that I've had in my life to pursue things and to go and to travel and to, and the adventure that I've had in, and uh, now it's, it's, there's a, part of my life that I have to be a caretaker. That's a lonely place. Yes. But I firmly believe that how we do that, that's where the significance is. 
Yeah. It may not be my best days in life, but uh, you notice I said significant days. Our most significant days are yet ahead of us mm. for for those of us who find ourselves in the fourth quarter. And that significance could be between you and God, maybe alone, just in the grief of a loved one that you've lost, maybe your spouse, mm-hmm. um, or or it's in, you know, as as our spouses, you know, have challenges and so forth, and maybe it's us that has the challenge and we have to accept the help. Yes. Um, there's significance in in how we live in that. Yes. Yes. If you live in the kingdom of God, you get a whole new set of values. Oh, you do. And you get a whole new orientation towards meaning. What is filled with meaning and so much of what the world has taught us is where our meaning and our identity comes from. Wow. There is a richer life. Yes. And, and it may just be, my grandmother lived to be 101, mm. and she was really struggling in her, she's a very devout Catholic woman. She was really struggling in her later years with the meaning of her life. She'd lost mm-hmm. her husband 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of years to live alone without your spouse in a small apartment mm-hmm. on a very limited income and most of your friends are gone. What is the meaning of your life? And one of the things that she came to realize was it was her prayer life. Yes. Her prayer life, mm. right? What The power of what is done in secret is one of the treasures of the kingdom of God. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. And, and Jesus even talks about that with prayer. He says, look, don't, don't pray in public. Don't pray to impress people. Go into your room, shut your door, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Right. So just the inverse values yes. of the kingdom of God. What what are some of the other obstacles of people making a, a gracious acceptance, just accepting aging? Yeah, it's um you know, uh, a lot of times it's it's career, it's career that we just hang on to that goes on and on and on and on, and and we get comfortable in that. Uh, we don't want to change. We fight change. And I know a lot of people that at the end of life, it's uh, that that old adage. You know, I'm not going to say at my deathbed, I would wish I'd have spent more time at the office. I think for a lot of people, it's it's career and it's their work and why what are they getting from their career that they can't let go of well a lot of times it's that's where they found their validation in life they haven't sought their validation anywhere else you know i think there's a bit of a laziness in that in spiritual laziness uh just laziness in looking ahead and it's probably a disconnection with god in a lot of ways mm. Don't you think? Which now they have to face. Yes. Right? Yeah, John, I think the mortality, you know, at 70, I just find myself thinking, you know, when I was younger, you just think, oh, I'll live forever. You know, these days are just go on and on and on and on. (laughs) And, you know, I'm burying so many of my friends 
these days. And I, I go there, and and it's it it's not it's not like it's I'm afraid or there's fear, or, but it's just the sobriety of my gosh, you know, I, this is a twilight of life, and I want to make it count. I want to do what I have to do to finish well. Yes. Yes, which in many ways only God yes. can frame for you. Yes. Either through direct conversation with him mm-hmm. or through the wisdom and the perspective that you've gained over the course of your life. But only God and his kingdom yes. can frame for us one, accepting aging, accepting it. I was, oh my gosh, I ran into a, a gal in the grocery store the other day and she, she is 90 and she's still trying to wear her hair. Her hair is, her hair is dyed black. And, and, I, and I'm like, <laughs> and I, I, my heart just ached for her because yes, yes, the, of course, the, the longing for beauty mm-hmm. is eternal. It, it is immortal. But there also is just a, a lack of personal awareness of, honey, it, it's just time to accept that right. you're 90. Yes. You know, and gray hair, scripture says, is a crown. Right. It, it, is, a, it is a badge of honor, not something to be ashamed of. And, and so the willingness to accept the aging process. There's a real humility to it. Right. Uh, John, I, I think about, when I think about that, and, you know, you were barraged with all kinds of advertising and so forth. And, you know, the creams that you can buy, that you can put on, it takes the, takes all the, the wrinkles away. I find myself, hey, I could just try that. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I was fishing last weekend by myself down, down on a place on the river that I've been to many, many times as a younger man. And there's some pretty steep cliffs to get down to where the good fishing is. And I found myself navigating it carelessly. Huh. And then and then I stopped and I said, hey pal, you are not 40 oh, yeah. anymore. Like oh, yeah. look where you're putting your feet, John. Be a little more intentional about this. But there was a there was a pride that I did, I, I oh, yeah. fought it, right? Yeah. I didn't want to humble myself and say, look, I do not have the body of a 40 year old oh, anymore. Yeah. And, and I honor that, I bless that. Right. I'm going to accommodate for that. Move more slowly down this slope, John. Yeah, yeah, John, my story on that is, you, you know, I, I, I was a runner for many decades. And in marathons, uh, yeah, yeah, ran and ran and ran. I'm just driven and and running. And um, I, I guess it was about when I was about sixty. One day, I went out to for a run. I couldn't run. Just it, it. I could not run. I'd run maybe a house or two, and then I couldn't run. Wow! It just stopped. And to accept that is was a hard, hard thing. But I think that, uh, yeah, the gravity, the the days of our lives. I, I, you know, I think 
what we did is when we were young, thinking that the the world would never, you know, uh, catch up with us and yep. and all the bad decisions and the foolish things that we did when you we were eat young. Eat anything you want yeah, to eat, right? And drink right, anything you want to drink, right? Yeah, right. But but there's there's the reality of of a take a, a decaying world that's fallen, and we're part of that. But I mean, it's not the end of the story, and we're we're bound for, we all know what we are, is, is Eden. Yes. Eden is coming. Yes. Restoration is coming. And there is a humility that we are called to at every stage of life. Mm-hmm. But I think especially the humility of accepting age and saying, I'm not going to fight this. I'm not going to yes. go get the surgeries and use the creams and dye my hair <laughs> and pretend at 85. Right. That I'm 50, like to to allow, because then then the deeper questions come up. Well, then who am I? Yes. And what is my value? And what's my contribution at this stage in my life? And those are really important questions. So much more value. Yes. To wrestling with those with God than just chasing the new car, the trophy wife, right? All of that. Yes. Like, God, show me. So I'm just curious, friends, as you're listening to the podcast, like, what what are you doing with the aging of your body, no matter what age you are? Like, you're not playing college sports anymore. What what are you doing with the transitions in your career? What are you doing with the adjustments of your income? Inflation's going up. What are we doing with the reality that our income might not be what it what it once was. How do we handle those things in our deep heart with God? Probably some of the most important questions of our lives. Yes. Yeah. And and I think our individual stories determine the directions we take on that. You know, some of us haven't done as good a jobs as others have in addressing things that that will come back and 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 reward us or haunt us later in life. And so it's different, but I think for me, John, I have to wake up to the reality of where I am and the story that God is telling and where that intersects with my story and, and, and the worldview of we're living in the last days. So how do I spend my days? Where do I put my chips in the game and where we are? That's huge. Yes. That's Moses in Psalm 90. Right. Teach me, Lord to number my days yes, so that I may gain a heart of wisdom, right? Show me the path that you have for me at this point. Where am I, where am I even supposed to be investing myself? Yes. I think these are actually the questions of any stage in life, but you can't get young people to ask them. No, <laughs> no. Just, okay, you just can't. And that's okay. That's all part, that's all part of the stages of life. But, but what... What are you asking God now? Like, where is your conversation with God, Ben? Very specifically, lately, what are the questions that you're asking Him? Yeah, I think I think John, for me, it's how do I live in this time of my life, in this fourth quarter of my life, and what do I let go of? Wow, I think there's there's a lot of things that God wants to surface in my life in those two categories of how I do live and 
you know, we we live. I I think there's there's a great quality of life as as God defines it for us in this quarter that that we can enjoy, we can we can have all the fruits of the spirit and participate in those. But there's a lot of things that we have to let go. Mm. Let go of the temporal and embrace the eternal. Holy cow. So my mother is in her 90s now, and she will not have a conversation with me Mm. about death. She will not Mm. have a conversation with me about heaven or about eternity. She is terrified of it. Mm. And it is heartbreaking to say, look, at this point in your life, to not Mm. have honest conversations about your mortality, the very limited number of days you have left, it is, it's just staggering. Yes, it is. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be those people. And, you know, I continue to pray for her and for the grace that God would give her to face the reality that the temporal things are fading. Let's take hold of the eternal things. Yes. We're going to land this conversation here and pick it up next time, just thinking about the obstacles we face with aging and meaning and maturity and and the riches of the kingdom of God when we have a life in God to answer those questions. 